this is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Welcome to episode two, the one that sucks less. Again, I'm your host, Shiloh, and I want to kick this episode off right away talking a little bit about me. First, since we're still getting to know each other, I thought I'd give you a little more insight on my personality and what you can expect from the podcast in the weeks to come. As a general rule, I'm skeptical, I'm critical, and my inner monologue, well, it's frankly quite mean. To fit with my nature, I thought I'd let you know what I don't do so that you know what I won't be talking about as the podcast progresses. Not that I have anything against any of these activities, but I won't be slipping into them as we talk about the knitting and the spinning and the crafting and the things that I do. I don't cook. I don't garden and I don't have any toddlers running around the house. I don't cook because my husband decided early in our relationship that I didn't cook well enough, so he took over the chore. And Many years ago, I was more than happy to give it over to him. So, that's part of how our relationship works. I don't garden because we don't have a garden. What else don't I do? I don't read novels, I don't watch foreign films, and I don't shop a lot, and I'm not a yarn snob by any means. I'm actually the breadwinner in my family, and my dear husband takes great care of our children, and he follows me around the world. So that's a little bit more insight into my personality and the perspective from which I'll be talking to you each week. That might have come off to some of you as a little bit negative. It wasn't whiny. It was just negative. That's my nature, and I'm okay with that. But I promise, as the podcast progresses, I'll try to balance out the negative with a little bit of positive so we all feel good in the end. So, to get the positive started, my excitement is building. We have exactly two weeks until we get on the plane to head off to Maryland Sheep and Wool. We fly out on the 29th of April, even though the event doesn't start until May 1st and 2nd. I have a ton to do to get ready, including sewing. I have 115 bags to assemble for the podcaster meetup that is going to feature Bark Jackie from Kipping It Real, Jasmine and Gigi from the Knitmore Girls, all of which... I haven't really met yet, so I'm kind of a fangirl. I'm getting really excited about it. But still, that's a lot of pressure. 115 bags that are going to be given out to all of their listeners. It's kind of making me nervous. And I can't even start sewing on those until tomorrow when they get back from the printer. Jackie has whipped up an awesome design for the artwork on the bags. And I'm just hoping that my assembly and the final product meet the caliber of her design. So that's where I stand with that. Really, really excited. The hotel is booked. The tickets are booked. I'm getting my hair done next week. A lot of big things going on around Maryland Sheep and Wool, and I'm super-duper excited about that still. And apparently I say really excited or super-duper excited quite a bit, and you'll probably hear that a little bit more. In my personal life, back to the reality portion from my fantasies about fiber, I never really thought that I'd ever be interested in watching the grass grow. I know it's a really old saying that goes back a long time, but that's what we've been doing. We've been watching the grass grow. We had to dig up our whole front lawn, and we just seeded it about two days ago, and we've been watering the heck out of it and just waiting for a billion little babies to sprout up so we can have a green, plush lawn for the year. And that's not technically gardening, so I don't want to hear about it. 
So that's all I've got going on in news and events in my personal life and my fiber fantasies. Now on to spin a tail. I have the greatest husband ever and he gave me some big insight into how much he loves me this week and I really want to share that with you. I'll try not to get too gushy but it's shocking and amazing and I'm taken aback. A little bit about my husband. He's a big hulking guy. My uh, grandmother used to call him husky. He's about six foot one, weighs between 250 and 260 on any given day. He's a rugby player and he's been playing rugby for about four years. He's a great dad. He does hair and nails when I have to leave the country and takes awesome care of our daughters. And Well, anyhow, on to the story. We're just hanging out this last Sunday, snuggling, and he totally proved his worth. We were talking about some of the other couples in our life, and he basically told me that because of knitting, here we go back to the knitting and the crafting, see I promised that I wouldn't steer too far away from that, because of the knitting, he's the luckiest man alive. I don't know how many of you can say that your husband thinks he's the luckiest man in the world because you knit. I swear, he's the luckiest man in the world because I knit. I was floored. He proceeded to tell me a story about how a couple of guys on the rugby team are kind of in the doghouse right now because the guys were gone all weekend at a rugby tournament. Now by his own observation, he has determined that if these spouses knit, then they wouldn't mind when their husbands would leave town because then they'd have all this uninterrupted crafting time without their husbands getting in the way. So he basically decided we have such an awesome relationship because I knit. Unbelievable. It's really cute and endearing and a part of my husband's charm, I guess. He's also been threatening to listen to the podcast. And I told him that'd be way too embarrassing, and I prefer he didn't. His response was that it wasn't like he'd actually know what I was talking about with the knitting and the purling and the spinning and the blah, blah, blah. But then he went on to confess that he does pay attention to me when I talk about my craft. He told me that his favorite knitting term is frogging because it's clever and it's funny. What a good guy. I just couldn't believe that he thinks he's the luckiest man in the world because I spend time knitting. And he pays enough attention to know the term frogging and he doesn't knit. He's so dreamy. I totally love my husband and that is my spin a tail for the week. In spinning my wheels, I haven't really made a whole lot of progress on the tank top. I knit about three and a half inches since last time we talked, but it's only been about five days since I got the last podcast up, so I guess that's not too horribly bad. The only problem is, is that my attention is going to be taken away from it once the Maryland Sheep and Wool Bags arrive, so I hope I can really, really buckle down and get the tank top done, or I won't, I'm not going to have any fibery goodness to wear when I go to Maryland Sheep and Wool, which is kind of depressing, but I think I'll... I think I'll survive. I really haven't been doing a whole lot else besides the Maryland Sheep and Wool Tank. So I thought that I would talk to you about some of the patterns that are lingering and waiting for me to finish the tank top. <laughs> Poor patterns. Just waiting, crying in my basket next to the couch. The biggest project I've got on the needles besides the tank is I'm knitting cobblestone for my husband at a Cascade 220 tweed. It's a beautiful green. I love that color. When I, I actually ordered it online from Webs a, a long time ago when it was on sale, so I, I have no idea what I paid for it, and it was just sitting in my stash waiting for the right sweater to come along. 
I actually cast the sweater on on Christmas Eve, packed all the yarn and the cast on sweater and the pattern into a box, wrapped it for my husband, and that's what he got, a cast on for Christmas this year. He was a little dumbfounded when he first opened the box, but it was actually pretty funny once he figured out what, where I was going with it. Here it is, April, and I'm still not done with the cobblestone. I get distracted. I can't help myself. There's been like two pairs of socks since then, including one that was for him. What's a girl to do? Hopefully, he'll get the cobblestone by next Christmas, and all will be well. So that's one of the projects that's patiently, patiently waiting for me to finish the tank. And of course, when I go to Maryland Sheep of Wool, I'm not taking cobblestone with me. It's just too big and bulky, and I'm not going to carry all that with me. I'm thinking about casting on a basic pair of simple socks, vanilla socks, whatever you want to call them. They'll probably be toe-up, but out of my hand-spun. So that's my goal. Once I get the tank top done, I'm going to cast on some vanilla socks out of my hand-spun to take those with me for my travels. This week, I'm going to put my spin on the new issue of Knit Scene Magazine, which hit news stands on April 13th. To get a little bit more perspective on where I'm coming from, I want you to know that I love magazines. I have over 90 magazines in my library, and I buy them a lot. I've probably tried every knitting magazine that's ever been published. Well, not ever. I've probably tried every knitting magazine that's been in publication since I started knitting. I buy them all the time. Once a month, I head down to the bookstore, and I just snatch up all the new issues of whatever's out there. I really love magazines, and I have all the issues of Knit Scene that have been published since I started knitting. I don't think I plan to buy this issue of Knit Scene. Knit Scene is a magazine that is printed twice a year, and I can't figure out why they have thrown this extra issue in this year. Really, it's April, they've published this special issue called Knit Scene Easy, but they have another issue rolling out in just two months. This issue kind of gives me the same feelings that I had when I saw Interweave Weekends, Interweave Accessories, all published like within a really short amount of time from one another. It's kind of as if Interweave thinks, well, knitters, they'll buy anything. Here's a little passage from the Interweave website that describes the magazine. Fascinating small budget projects are always hot, whether you're a first time knitter or an avid crafter. This special issue brings you truly simple knits that don't require much yarn and are super cute to boot. When I think of Knit Scene Magazine, I kind of associate it with um, super cute patterns that are on the easier side and not necessarily intended for someone who's extremely advanced. It's like they're doubling up on a demographic that they've already targeted. I just don't feel comfortable with it. I don't think it's a necessary magazine and I cannot figure out why these patterns couldn't have been included and spread out over the next two issues of Knit Scene. There seems to be winter garments and summer garments and stuff for the home. It's as if Interweave is just trying to get us to spend another $7.99 on one of their publications. This issue just seems out of place and I don't think I'm going to buy into it this time. But thanks Interweave, I appreciate the effort. It's that time again where I get all spun up and talk to you about what has got me the most excited this week, both positive and negative. I'm sorry, this is kind of like a negative-leaning episode, but I don't really think that it is. The first thing that's got me all spun up is that I'm an idiot. I have the stupidest injury known to man. I broke my big toe. Ugh, I kicked the couch, tripping over one of my dogs, and... It's been like the thorn in my side for the entire week. I mean, you really don't 
realize how important your big toe is until you injure it. I guess it's that way with a lot of things. But man, wearing my work shoes has become so difficult. I haven't been able to run on the treadmill or walk or do any of my exercise or fitness stuff. I mean, downward dog would be completely impossible right now with a broken big toe. What a lame injury. I'm such a moron. Ugh, that's been driving me crazy this week. But on the positive note, as I promised, I'm all spun up about soft serve ice cream. Yum. It's that time of year in my community where we have a handful of ice cream shops that only open when the weather gets warm. They don't have dining rooms. They basically have a walk-up window or a drive-thru or both, and they serve fantastic ice cream. And one of the best is a little place called Dairy Haven in Caseyville, Illinois. Oh, it's got the best soft serve ice cream I have ever had. It's about 10 miles down the road, and we are frequent visitors during the summer. And I'm not an elaborate ice cream eater. I like the simple pleasures. And for me, it's a medium-sized chocolate vanilla twist cone that puts me over the top. That's my weakness. When this time of year rolls around, there is just nothing better than that simple ice cream cone. It just makes me so happy. And of course, my favorite part is that waffle section at the very, very end of the cone that's full of just that melty little bit of ice cream that's left. You just pop the whole thing in your mouth. I absolutely love it. My stupid broken toe and delectable soft serve ice cream, that's what's got me all spun up this week. It looks like I've gotten through the list of stuff I wanted to talk to you about this week, so I guess it's time for me to spin off. I'm trying to shoot for about a 30-minute podcast, but I don't quite think I made the mark this week, and I hope that I can improve as we continue on this adventure. I'll catch you next week for Episode 3. Thanks again for tuning in, and don't forget you can contact me at ajoyfulgirlknits at gmail.com or over on Ravelry as a Joyful Girl. Don't forget to check out the show notes page at spincontrolpodcast.com. Talk to you soon. You pull-